Here we go. poster of Jesus holding a Glock and it's turned to the side. There's nothing more inspirational than that, my friend. Welcome <laughs> back to the Renaissance episode 65. Yeah, uh, Ray, how are you, buddy? Peachy King happy, and to go. Yeah. Happy Cam and Ray Day, uh-huh. Ray. And to you, my Never forget. Sir. No. Never, f- never forget. That's what I say on, on this day. <laughs> never forget. It's happy Cam and Ray Day. Exactly. Everybody should be celebrating. Friends, yeah. friends on Facebook for seven years. I've only been doing podcasts for six years. Friends on Facebook for seven years. Nice. Yeah. Now, I want to point out that when we became friends on Facebook, right. <laughs> I didn't know who the fuck you were. <laughs> uh, That's fine. In some ways, you just... still don't. I'm a man of mystery. <laughs> don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm well, deep. Well, that's true. I'm elusive. People, a difference. honestly, people come to me all the time yeah. and they go, what the fuck is up with Ray? And I go, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. How can he be so lazy after yeah. all these years of you giving him a hard time about right? it? And I, I say, fucking, I don't know, man. It's one of the great mysteries of the ages. <laughs> You've done like, everything you can. What the everything. Fuck? Yeah. I don't know. I've I've been nice. I've been mean. I've pleaded. I've begged. Everywhere in I've, between. I've, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Made yeah. videos about it. Made a movie. Didn't put you in it because you know I thought that'd teach you a lesson. No. Uh, wrote a book. Didn't right. include you in it. No, thought no. that'd teach you a lesson. No. 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 Why don't? There I was this. There was this Doctor Who season. Yeah. There was this Doctor Who episode uh, in the latter part of the Matt Smith years where he's in some sort of a weird dream world and there's a, 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 a wall made of, like, diamond that he has to chip his way through and he's got Ooh. a spoon to do it. And he takes what? a million years to chip through it. It doesn't matter because, you know, he's a time lord and right. he's just chipping with this spoon for a million years. <laughs> That's how I feel. I'm, I'm a diamond to... wall. Aww. Yeah. Thank you. You're a diamond wall. On the other side of that diamond wall is somebody who gives a shit. And I'm just trying to get through to it. I know it's in there somewhere. <laughs> Despite Heather continuing to tell me, no. No. Just don't 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 bother. It's not in there. So I go, no, no, so I Move along. It. Nothing <laughs> to see here. Move on. That's what, that's what I did, she said. Uh, anyway. I'm gonna regret saying shit like that if she ever leaves you. Or not. She, she won't leave me. There's no I'll prenup. Be, she won't I'll, leave me. Yeah. There's no prenup. No, she won't leave huge me. mistake on my part. But what are you going to do? Uh, side trip from Florence, Ray, back to Germany. Yes, for we need to this go. episode, we need to go to Mainz. Mm. We fucking need to go. Anyway, <laughs> going to talk about the man without whom mm-hmm. our podcasts 
would right. not exist. Not just this podcast, all of our podcasts. Right. Because without this man, there would be no books. And well, everyone knows you use that books. we get all of our knowledge. Right. What? You use books. I use Wikipedia. I don't know. I think I would have been yeah. fine, but you would have been screwed. Well, no. Well, and you think there'd be a podcast without me? <laughs> your, your podcast okay. would be three minutes long. Point taken, read so. a Wikipedia page. Right. right. Um, but 15 minutes of intro music. So <laughs> it would have been okay. I don't know. The man who invented movable type and the printing press, Johannes Gutenberg. But did he invent the Uh-oh. printing press and movable type? Trauma. Uh, yeah, we'll find out. This is honestly a crazy story. When we went into doing this, I sent Ray an email about a week ago and I said, hey, let's do Gutenberg this week as the first episode. Thinking, right? oh, you know, not going to be much here. Guy <laughs> invented the printing press. Boom. Done. I woke up one day. Woke up one day. Said, you know minutes. what? It's going to fucking... Yeah. I need... Uh, we need more books. I'm going to invent the printing press. Whacked it out before lunch. Then he invented the printing press. And then... (laughs) (laughs) And then we'll get on to do some other episodes. Turns out this is a great story and we're going to spend three, four hundred, I don't know, episodes (laughs) talking about... Just for Tony. Johannes Just for Gutenberg right? <laughs> with a tragic <laughs> well, well, no, I'm not going to go back and start it in 200 CE because I've already done that. Right. Just his story That's itself. Fine. So many, not, it's just so many fascinating aspects I found about right. his story and, and printing and the whole thing that uh, I, it's, it's terrific. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any uh, uh, opening remarks uh, for, for the defense, uh, Officer Harris? Just this. God, that sounds familiar. Just this. Um, by 1450, there were supposedly, as far as we can tell, less than 30,000 books in all of Europe. And this man's invention is not only going to change that, that, that uh, the idea of books being more accessible, being cheaper, being able to be in common languages, it is going to change the world, as you were just saying a second ago. So, so just take that stat and remember that as we go through this. But this guy is going to be one of the few people who truly changes the face of the planet. And how many people can really say that? Besides you. But he's yeah. a racist, probably. But he's a racist. Well, he's but German. He's a racist, so, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Hey, I married a racist. I know what I'm talking about. Okay, we don't have racism anymore, but back then, a lot of racism. We did. It's a good thing Heather doesn't listen to this. Anyway. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Born between 1394 and 1404, somewhere in that vicinity. Let's just say 1400. Yeah, yeah. In, born in Mainz. In Germany, right. my my German speaking wife mm-hmm. spent a good half hour trying to correct my pronunciation <laughs> of mines. She's in your face, mines, 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 mines. I said, get out of my mines! <laughs> Leave me the fuck alone! I pronounce things the way I want to pronounce them. I make it better. Here's a story. Yeah. Uh, do you know who founded the city of Mines? The Mindsmeister? No, tell me. <laughs> Mines was originally called Mogontiacum. Oh, shit. Mogontiacum, founded by Drusus, of course, around about 12 or 13 BCE. Right. Wow. Drusus, uh, 
uh, the brother mm-hmm. of Tiberius, adopted son and stepson of Augustus. Wow. Because uh, he was leading the Germanic campaigns before he tragically died. It was intended to serve as the strategic starting point mm-hmm. for his conquest of greater Germany, Magna Germania. But right. uh, silly fucker died. Do you remember how he died? <laughs> Did he? F- his horse fell and it landed on his leg and it went south from there. Is, is that right? Yeah. Well, yes, Supposedly, if you want to be all... Sciencey about it, but really he died because a, a giant Germanic spirit woman appeared sure. and told him, Said, uh, yeah. You <laughs> shall not pass into Magna Germania. And he died. He died. Uh, yeah, so he died uh, during campaign a couple of years after that, 9 BCE. Right. His brother Tiberius uh, and the Roman army returned his body back back to uh, Morgontiacum for wherever he died. Wasn't far away from that. Uh, Then Tiberius, you know, uh, I remember telling the story, he he, uh, rode like the wind uh, to get there for days and days and days. Maybe he got there before Drusus died, according to some stories. Maybe he didn't. Mm -hmm. Anyway, then he took the body to Rome for the proper ceremonies. But... Uh, the soldiers built because we remember Drusus was much loved, yes. much loved. He was a smooth Tiberius, yeah. no one could fucking stand Tiberius, right. but Drusus, everyone loved. Right. His soldiers built a monument to his memory Ooh. in Mogontiacum, right? Uh, AKA Mines, and it stands to this very day. Nice road trip. Uh, now having this there, this 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 shrine. Right. Uh, do you know why it was called a shrine? Uh, the Shriners? No, tell me. Tell me. Because it's because mines is uh, on the Rhine, and the, so so they were like, "Oh, shrine!" And we'll mines sh- next to the Rhine. Sh- they were poets. shrine on you crazy dime. <laughs> Um, Didn't stop Thibaut from killing off Drusus's son, Germanicus. No, no. no. And all but one of his grandchildren uh, and his son's daughter-in-law, son's wife. Um, But yes, the the Roman soldiers defending Gallia had apparently adopted the Gallic god Mogons. Right. Uh, the meaning of which basically comes down to the Great One, similar to Magnus, Mogons, Magnus, right. uh, huh. um, the Great One. Yeah, so it was a Gallic god. That's the city was named after Mogontiacum, the right. city of Mogons. Okay. Um, yeah, served as a military fortress on the northernmost frontier of the empire, the provincial capital of Germania Superior. And yeah, this uh, monument is still there. Now it's kind of um, not what it was. It was it used to be like a column of marble, from what we can tell. Now it's just you know the, all the marble's gone. Right. There's still this twenty foot high or twenty meter high uh, masonry block, basically uh, bricks. It's called the Drusus Stein. 
now, the Drusus Stein. Okay, cool. Um, so, yeah, we, I, I really want to go to Germany, seriously, particularly doing this episode. Yeah. I was like, oh, uh, these fucking places. Well, and looking them up and yeah. looking at the photos of these places, like mines. You're like, oh, we're getting to go fucking there. Go, yeah. I would oh, definitely so love cute. to go there one day. That would be cool. With you. Yeah. With you, yeah. of course. Yeah, just you and me. Yeah. 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 Some bath, bath oils. Yeah. Uh, Massage oils. Uh, we, we we need to take our wives on this one, but though, because Chrissy speaks German and your wife is German, right? But doesn't no, speak it. No. She's the judge. They probably think she's some local so, princess, but that's as far as yeah, I yeah, yeah. Mein Herr. Uh, anyway, mine is located on the fiftieth latitude, uh, okay. on the left bank. Of the River Rhine, mm-hmm. opposite the confluence of the Main or the Main River right. and the Rhine, it's Mine on the, the corner Rhine. of Main <laughs> and <laughs> Rhine. Yeah, <laughs> uh, near the near the Rhineland. Uh, Gutenberg's father, right, was uh, Friele Gensfleisch Zuladen. Sure. Uh, uh, now, note for a start that his name wasn't Gutenberg. Friele Gensfleisch zur Laden. He was a merchant in the cloth trade. Mm-hmm. Now, a, a point that's interesting here is that at this time in Germany, people didn't have last names. They weren't passed on anyway. Right. You, you basically only got a first name from your parents. And family names didn't pass on from... Generation to generation, which I think is pretty common throughout most of yes. the world around this time. Uh, this was the case still in Germany. So, Jojo, uh, later on, Johannes, he needed a name because there was lots of Joes. Too many. Uh, they needed to tell which Joe are you. <laughs> and he chose his last name based on, uh, it was sort of in honour of his favourite film, the Guten, the Burke, and the Ugly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's originally Gutenberg Ugly. Uh, he dropped the Ugly because, right. you know, made it hard to get laid. Uh, yeah, that it's just the Gutenberg. Actually, though, yeah. What was his father's uh, surname, uh, um, taken on surname? Uh, Laden, as in uh, Bin Laden. He was uh, from Saudi Arabia. <laughs> Well, there's a, supposedly the whole thing is um, Gensfleisch zur Laden. Did you read that? Yeah. Do you know yes. what Gensfleisch means? I uh, uh, the flesh of the the generations. Fle- no, what flesh of the horse? Horse flesh. Horse so, flesh. Not oh. sexy either. So uh, I think I don't know. <laughs> made a wise choice. And, hey, I'm Ray Horseflesh. Nice to meet you. Horse dong. No, Johnny no, horse. Not horse dong. Horse flesh. There's a horse meat. Johnny horse meat. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. yeah. She's not getting wet over that. Uh, oh, maybe. Oh, actually. Those German girls about are kinky. It. We should off the air yeah. compare No, she, that's what horse, horse meat means, horse dong. <laughs> so she's like, oh, Johnny horse dong. Hi. Come here. My name is Come Ray here, Johnny. Tripod. Horse dog. <laughs> nice to meet you. Basically, Gensfleisch translates as hung like a hung like a horse. <laughs> Basically, Johnny hung like His a horse. Father was 
Humble. Okay. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Joe, your harness, John. Um, John, Joe, I don't know what to call him. I'm going to call him, we'll call him John. Yeah. Um, was born in a house purchased by one of his great-great-grandfathers around about 1300. Uh, big big stone house known as Hof zum Gutenberg. Right. Uh, and uh, interesting story about how it came up, how it got that name, Ray. How it got to Gutenberg? No, I, I don't know. Please tell me. Well, do you know what Gutenberg means? <sighs> Hold on. I took German back in the 90s. Good, good. Well, it's probably changed good. since then. <laughs> good uh, mountain, good Guten Mount Berg. Good yes. mountain, yeah, nailed it. Good, good mountain, nailed it. Nailed yes, it. it's the first thing you've nailed in months. Hey, uh, good, yeah, <laughs> good mountain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hold on, oh, he's got no, a mountain in his pants. There's another one. Oh, I can't believe I... How do I not have a nailed it sound clip for you? What the, uh, <laughs> would, you for, would you like one? Would you, you Damn it. Well, I've got one now. You just said it. Oh, It'll be on okay. the next show. All I right. just don't have one for mm. to play on You're top slipping, of that. Cam. I can't believe I... You're I slipping. Must have a, I th- yeah, come on. Oh. Get it together. Not to mention a vagina. Anyway, uh, <laughs> apparently... The older name of this house was probably Judenberg, <gasps> Jews Mountain. Oh, shit. Uh, so what happened is just before uh, John's great great grandfather acquired this property right. in 1282, there was an anti-Semitic uprising Ooh. in Mainz. All of the Jews in Mainz were either massacred, expelled, or forced to convert to Christianity. Oh, come on, guys! Uh, and in the process of all of this, the Archbishop of the area who owned the area, as was common back then. It was part of the archbishop's uh, land. Took possession of all the Jewish properties. Now, this stemmed from a blood libel accusation in the nearby town of Speyer. Right. S-P-E-Y-E-R, Speyer. Mm -hmm. Uh, You familiar with blood libel, Ray? I think we've talked about it before. I can't remember. Um, I haven't dealt with it. uh, Film. I yeah. haven't dealt with it recently. Please tell me. <laughs> uh, I think we talked about it early in this series, actually, when we were talking about some of the oppression of the Jews uh. Uh, into the Dark Ages. But blood libel were accusations that Christians uh, made towards Jews going you know, throughout the sort of Middle Ages. Right. Um, uh, basically, the claim was the Jews required human blood... <laughs> For the baking of matzos right. for Passover. Do you know what a, a, a matzo is, Ray? Uh, like a, a, a no. matzah, matzo. Uh, sort of the, the flat bread the Jews right. eat. Right, okay. Know, basically, it's, it's important, an important part of the Passover and you need blood. festival. Um, yeah, according to the Torah, right. Yahweh commanded the Jews to create a special kind of bread to unleavened bread, flat bread, right. uh, uh, to have with their matzo ball soup to throw in there. Um, they said, so what, he goes, look, it's just, you know, they're like, why? What? You want us to cut the end off our knobs and make flat bread. Like, why? Well, 
you know, it's just it's just a thing that I have. No. Look, don't don't <laughs> don't don't ask too closely. don't fucking ask questions. Right. right. Yeah. Just go don't with I... it. Go with it. <laughs> just give me your baby. Apparently this yeah. The story is that when they were when they were leaving Egypt, there were slaves in Egypt. Right. And Joseph and his uh, dr- multicolored dream coat and all this <laughs> kind of shit comes along and he goes, "Hey, hey, we're going." He knocks on everybody's door late one night. All the Jews. He goes, "Hey, we're out of here." They're like, "What?" Yeah. He goes, hey, we're going. Coke, the bus, the train's leaving. We're getting out of Egypt. They're like, "Well, can I? Can I wait until my bread rises?" No, no. Don't have time to go, wait for your bread rises. Hurry, gotta Shut go. Up. Gotta go. Come yeah. on. Train waits for no one. They go, "Well, can't can't God just like." Stop the train until my bread rises. No, God can't do that. What do you think? He's got more important things to worry about. We gotta go. Fuck, do you think you are? Get your ass out of that house. Sorry. So they couldn't wait for their bread dough to rise. Right. Uh, And so when they left, it was flatbread. Um, So there you go. So ever since then, God said, nah, well, I know it tastes like shit, but uh, it's just to remind you of that time when you wanted me to hold the train and right. I said, fucking no. no. Who do you think you are? Just, you think you're God's chosen people? You, Come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you may be my chosen people, but what, 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 what am I, a slave? Yeah. I'm not your no slave. one holds you're, up the train. You're the slaves. Right, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. not the slave. You're <laughs> the slaves. <laughs> anyway, trade. so blood libel. Right. Blood libel right. said that Jews required human blood for the baking of matzos. Now... Why do you need to put blood and bread? I don't know. Now, apparently, though, the earliest cases on record of blood libel uh, claimed that the Jews were reenacting the crucifixion right during during Passover Ooh. just for shits and giggles. Oh, and oh. Uh, then it sort of changed over time. To, oh, I actually know they just need human blood for the baking of bread. Now, the accusations against them often claimed that the blood of children of Christians <coughs> made the best was oh. made the best bread. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so whenever there was uh, a sudden unexplained death of mm. sudden uh, unexplained blood of oh, a Christian child, right. they would go. Jews, Jews, the Jews have been here. Fucking Jews have been, like, yeah, yeah. Kid died, kid died in his sleep. Right, we don't must have been the Jews. People, yeah. what, maybe it was malnutrition. No, no, no it's Jews. No, no don't Jews. eat CSI. No. Fucking Jews. No, yeah. Jews. <laughs> CSI Jews is what they had back then. So every every case they turn on the go. Somebody walk in so and go. What do we got? What do we got here? Jews. <laughs> we got Jews. 12, 12, 10, 12, 10 children, Sarge. Jews, yeah. <laughs> uh, Next, case yeah. case closed. <laughs> it was the Jews. Come, come. <laughs> and they move on. <laughs> <laughs> and they move on. Uh, case closed. Right. Now, yeah. the Mormons also had blood libel. What? Um, <clears throat> yeah. The Mormons had their I mean. own version of this um, blood, uh, blood libel. Basically... Uh, let me just look this up so I don't fuck this up. It's right. been a while. So, yeah. oh, no, blood atonement it was, not blood libel. Uh, blood atonement the Jews had. healthy. Mm. Um, the, the uh, yeah, basically says that uh, for really, really bad people, <laughs> they should be killed in a way that allows their blood to be shed upon the ground as a sacrificial offering. Right, sounds right. This is the old, uh, you know, sort of early days, Joseph Smith days, uh, Brigham Young days. Damn. So we're talking, you know, early to mid 1800s. 
Jewish thing, uh, sorry, uh, Mormon thing. And when they up only up until recently, like in the last ten years or so, when Mormons went to the temple uh-huh. in Salt Lake City uh, and got married in a secret weirdo sort of culty <laughs> thing. You know, the only only yeah, Mormons of high standing with right. what they call a temple recommend were allowed into the temple. So, for example, when Chrissy, all of Chrissy's, Chrissy's the youngest of five kids, um, they all got married at the temple. Mm-hmm. And, and because she... Well, first of all, she was too young, I think, for some of them to get to the temple because you've got to be an adult to get into the temple. Oh. Then later, when she was an adult and she dropped out of the church when she was 18, she wasn't allowed to go to her own siblings' weddings because oh. she wasn't allowed, in the, wasn't allowed in the temple. Fucking same time. So it's like when we, got, when we got married, we got married in Vegas and didn't tell anyone. We're like, hey, well, <laughs> you should have. sorry. Yeah. You're not, you're, not, you're not good enough for Vegas, That's man. Right. Uh, and that takes how do you, them to it. How does it feel? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But anyway, ba- the temple ceremony, one of the things the Mormons would have to do, and this is up until 10 years ago, is run their thumb across the base of their throat. Sure. And apparently it was it was part of the um, sort of culty swearing that they did that uh, if you ever released any Mormon secrets into the world, you <laughs> would uh, be blood atoned. Your throat would be cut and you'd be, uh, Damn. you know, just left left in the fucking desert like you know, somebody that Walter White shot. <laughs> it sounds um, more like the Mormon mafia. God dang. Oh, they, they, they've got a Mormon mafia. That's, that's, oh, really? You know, who de- oh, yeah. Shit. Mormon mafia. <laughs> It's fucking sidetracking me, man. But the Mormon mafia uh, actually sort of uh, worked for Howard Hughes. Howard Hughes, when he was still alive in his last years, he was living in Vegas. You know, the living in one of the suites of his hotels right. with the long fingernails and the long hair and the long beard. He only allowed Mormons sure. uh, to be to be around him because he thought that they had pure, disease-free blood. Oh my God. He would get blood infusions. He wanted to keep Negroes away because he thought Negroes uh, carried disease. Right. And he, he only wanted to be surrounded by Mormons because he thought they had the purest blood. He'd get blood transfusions from Mormon blood because they had the cleanest blood. <laughs> he had one of Chrissy's neighbors growing up was uh, Howard Hughes's hair cutter. Oh my God. He would fly from Utah to. Vegas uh, every other week to cut Howard Hughes's hair up Sounds and he'd right. go up into his creepy hotel where Howard Hughes would be eating breakfast cereal, watching uh, cartoons <laughs> baked out of his brain. Oh, it's a life. Uh, and <laughs> with transfusions of Mormon blood. Yeah. Uh, anywho, how do I get into that? Blood libel, right. Know. So there was, there was a blood libel <laughs> case right. in 1282 in Spire uh, near to Mines. Um, a Christian guy accused the Jews of murdering his grandson. It, eventually, it went to a, a bishop synod. They approved it. They said, "Yep, yeah." yeah. Oh, what, what's the evidence? <laughs> this is real. Oh, they. Do you have anything we can sniff? It's, it's, oh, yeah, definitely, right. def, it's definitely right. Jews. Yeah. Um, it went up to the Emperor Rudolf, oh, head of the Holy Roman Empire at the time, who confirmed that he ordered property to be taken from the Jews. Like, they didn't do this lightly. No. It's not no, it's not it's like you sanctioned. just walk up and take you right. Yeah, oh, this there's a there's a process. <laughs> Had to go all the way up to the emperor. Anti-Semitic he process. said, "Right. What's the evidence? Well, there were Jews in the town and oh, somebody died. There oh, you go. well, fucking, yeah. Slam dunk. <laughs> 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 Takes his sunglasses off. <laughs> I think 
<laughs> so, <laughs> he needs a catchphrase whenever he does this. I don't know what his catchphrase yeah. is, but... Shoes <laughs> are going down. That's... <laughs> I don't know. It's not a catchphrase. Sorry. It's like, uh, I think I need a glass of juice. <laughs> juice. No? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway... Yeah. No, 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 either. Uh, so he took all, he, he he ordered that all the property of the Jews in this region, Spire and Mines right. was included, um, taken away from the Jews and be reverted to the royal treasury and then people like Gutenberg's great-great-grandfather could buy it from the royal treasury. bit like what it reminded me of is uh, people accusing someone of maestas. Back in Tibbo's day, right. it was a it was a smash it was a smash and grab. <laughs> you know, you come along, yeah. You accuse the Jews. This guy probably had his own grandson murdered because he was like, you know what? There's that fucking nice house uh, yeah. over on oh, the corner of Sweet M- M- Mine and Rhine right. that I want. Uh, all we <laughs> need is to to wha- whack yeah. a whack a Christian. Let's face it, we're Catholics uh, still at this juncture. Germans, uh, right. we don't have we don't have country. We've all got twelve kids. Fucking, you know, we can we can afford to, you know, yeah. off one, right. off one in order to get that sweet, sweet <laughs> property up on mines and mine and rain, mine and rain. Don't, son. Yeah. yeah. Oh, don't. Oh, I've been wanting to whack one of these kids for a long time. I don't mean whack them off like right. a priest. No. I mean, like, whack them. Like, <laughs> Permanently whack them. Yeah. Get I'm, it for I'm a not, song. I'm not. Not not creepy. No. Not going to jerk no. off a kid. Who do you think I am, Thibaut? I'm just saying. <laughs> anyway, it's our So a lot, of the, yeah. a lot of these Jews uh, <laughs> uh, left and some went to Israel, which surprised me to learn. Oh. I didn't, I didn't know that many of them were making their way to the Holy Land in the 1200s, but there you wow. go. Some apparently didn't go well, the trip. They're like, well, yeah. oh, let's just walk to Israel. <laughs> it didn't, didn't, didn't work out very well for them, apparently. But um, some Jews... Later returned to mines. Um, they sort of they were given the all clear. Eventually, they returned back uh, and were living there in Gutenberg. So they went, but they said, "Hey, can we have our house?" No. no, but that was that was my dad's house. Sorry, it's now yeah. the house of Gutenberg. <laughs> so <laughs> Johnny Johnny G, when he was born, uh, was born in the uh, Hof zum Gutenberg right. house of Gutenberg. So he was known. They go, which John are you? Uh, he's go, I'm, I'm John, John of the house Gutenberg. Oh, uh, you know, it's okay. basically, you know, I yeah. am uh, just like a fucking first of my name thing. What's that show <laughs> called that shit on us in the last season? Oh, House of Cards. Joffrey, you know, our composer, Joffrey. Right. Uh, composed music for my film. He called me up from uh, Barcelona the other day and he spent an hour raging about uh, how bad the last season of Game of Thrones was <laughs> and how how Disney is shit on Star Wars. And it's great. He's so funny. Like He's like, <laughs> it's like, imagine this in a, in a deep, thick Spanish accent. He goes, it's, it's like, it's like the, the conductor of the orchestra stood up in the middle of uh, Rachmaninoff and just dropped his pants and took a big shit in the middle of the stage. You, you, you can't listen to the music after that. There's a big shit sitting there on the stage. Because that's what, that's what they did to Star Wars. 
Like, I'm going to go see this this next Star Wars from episode sure. nine. We're all going yeah. to go see it, even though we know we're Could going to be. spend the whole time thinking, why is there a big steaming pile of shit sitting on the stage? I can't I can't pay oh, attention. You killed off is. Luke Skywalker. That's this big steaming right. pile of shit. He went, he's so funny, Joffrey. He's so oh. passionate about everything. Oh Music, film, TV, yeah. ranting. I can't get a word in edgeways. <laughs> it's so funny. Classic. Anywho. I, I like to hear that. Yeah. So, so Daddy so, has got his name. Johnny has got his last name, and now it's uh, on to Johannes's mother, if I may, just for a second. Um, so this was uh, Frila's second wife. I'm not sure what happened I to just the want first. Just to point out, maybe you know. We're half yeah. an hour. We're half an hour into the show. Yeah, and <laughs> we haven't even started talking about Gutenberg yet. <laughs> it's quality. It's all quality, brother. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. This is okay. our show. Sorry, we can do whatever going. the fuck we want. So yeah. So this. <laughs> yeah. uh, so Johan's mother uh, was actually uh, Frila's second wife, uh, Elsa Verich. Verich. Um, now the good news was that she wasn't. She didn't come from a poor family. The male members of her side of the on her side of the family were actually shopkeepers. They had a little bit of cash, you know, a little little bit of a standing in society. However, the bad news was that they were not of the old ones, the de Alten, the town's ruling class. So John's uh, mother is not bad. She's got some family that's got some money. They got some cash. They got some property. That's good. But this is going to affect the family in the future because you can have all the money you want. But unless you've got the right blood, the right uh, relatives, in some, in some ways that doesn't matter. Now, at one point, Johann, uh, John's, Joe's, excuse me, where are we calling him John or Joe? What, what did you say? Uh, both. Uh, but let's go with John, Joe, Joe. I think. John, okay. At one point, uh, John's father was town councillor. So he's using his position within the town to, to get whatever um, uh, positions he can in the bureaucracy. And he's a companion of the Mint, which means he plays a part in managing the Mainz Mint, where they make silver coins and uh, and the gold coins called... Now, I heard several different pronounce, uh, pronunciations, but I heard gold gilden. Do you have something for the what the gold coins were called, the currency? I have Gilden, yeah. Gilden, okay. Gul- gul- Golden, yeah. Right, okay. Golden, yeah. golden, 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 <laughs> golden, 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 Gilda. golden, yeah. stream. Okay, yeah. So, so now the bad news is because, as you can imagine, everything in this town, just like everything everywhere else, because you have a hierarchy, is is everybody's got their limits. So the companions, they don't actually mint the coins; they can only help purchase the raw materials. Only the patricians have the right to deal directly with the stuff. However, the companions did have to make sure that each gildan was 12 ounces or 340 grams of 23 karat gold. So what they do is they'd get it, the artisans would come in, and then they would all, uh, the excuse me, the patricians would come in, and then they would have artisans come in to actually work on the mint. So and the, the, the important point that I want to make here is that um, as someone who's going to change the entire world, sometimes you have to be born in the right place at the right time under the right circumstances. Because as we're going to see, John is going to be born into an affluent house. He's go, affluent house. He's going to be in a place where there's a lot of minting, a lot of metallurgy going on, a lot of goldsmithing and silversmithing. And because his father has this position, I'm sure he's exposed to... Um, even even if he didn't want to be, just because it's in front of him all the time, you know, how coins are made, how the mint is run, that kind of stuff. So he's going to see a lot of these things on uh, going on from day one. So they would bring in skilled metal engravers and they would make tools called dies 
or punches, which is rods of steel with a pattern or a picture on the end, on one end, and you know, you'd be able to stamp it onto something, onto some metal or whatever medium that you're using. Then they would bring in other metal workers who would cut and prepare blank discs of gold and silver. Then a third group. This this reminded me of what was going on in Florence, where everybody. I think you you did this thing when you were talking about the uh, wool. There was like seven different or seven or ten different people who would actually touch the wool as it went through its process. And the same thing is going on here. So you have a third group come come in and they take these blanks of gold or silver and they put them in between two engraved dies and they hit it really hard on each end so it makes an imprint on both sides of the coin so they have this very elaborate process everybody has one step in the process and it's all being managed by the patricians and the companions everybody's keeping an eye on everybody else and the mint makes seals it makes other official jewelry for the archbishop and the town council and again john probably saw how all the stuff was worked how the workers melted it how it's poured into molds and that kind of thing and so and he probably noticed that different metals had very various levels of hardness so he's taking all of this in it's just all around his entire childhood even if he's not trying to learn it he's just absorbing all of these the terminology the process and he's seeing everything that's going on Mm, which is obviously all going to play a role in coming up with the idea for the printing press later in life. Right. Now, I wanted to point out about his father's side of the family, because you skipped over that a little bit. They, mm-hmm. They're patricians, um, and how did, how did they come to be patricians? Did you drill down into that? I just know that several of his grandfathers were important people in the town in previous generations, but that's all I had. It's a fascinating story. Now, we, we, we're familiar with patricians from the Caesar show. The, mm-hmm. the hundred sort of supposed founding families of Rome were right. the patricians. Um, similar, similar situation they had in Mainz. Now, uh, being a patrician gave Johanna's father, John's father, the right to sit on the city council, as you mentioned, to trade in cloth, to be one of the companions of the mint and not pay taxes, which is kind of cool. Good if you can get it. And patricians got a lump sum of money from the city every year. Right. Um, Basically like an annuity that they got. Mm -hmm. Um, They also gave the city money every year, just a lump sum to keep it running. But then they got an annuity back, which was sort of a return on their investment. You you contributed to the costs of running the city, but then you got paid back with interest. They basically owned the city, the patricians. Now, this goes back to 1244, sort of 150-odd years before Johnny G was born. I mentioned earlier that the archbishop owned the land, Mm -hmm. given to him by a pope at some stage. Hey, uh, you know, Bobby, you're a good guy. Uh, you you want to get rich quick? Uh, here, here's a shit ton of land. People pay your taxes. You get to keep it. Booyah. Instant, instant millionaire. Right. Uh, so uh, in 1244, for some reason, the archbishop just got sick of having to, you know, handle mines, yeah. all of these, his land. He was like, you know what? Uh, these these children aren't going to rape themselves. I'm going to... I'm going to commit myself. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't have time to manage all of this property. So he basically sold 
mines to the oldest and wealthiest families uh, at the time. They they created a charter that allowed them to form a a town council to Mm -hmm. rule the city, and they basically would own it. They would kick in money to make sure the costs were covered every year, and then they would get uh, a return on that investment. And five of Gutenberg's eight great-great-grandfathers... right were amongst those patricians. Nice. So his family must have been wealthy right. uh, for some reason. They weren't nobility, but they must have been like just merchants and traders going way, 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 way back. Yeah. So uh, the, what had happened is the patricians would kick in money at the beginning of every year to cover the running costs of the city. Then the, the working classes, the guilds, would pay taxes. Oh, and then the, at the end of the year, the patricians would get a payout, principal plus interest, <laughs> out of the taxes. Oh, my God. Well, and, and it's a reasonable. It's like, listen, yeah. we're, we're providing the running costs of the city to make sure, you know, there's trading is able to happen. And your, you guild members make stuff that gets traded, so right. you benefit from that. You pay your taxes, a share of your profits, and then we, we take a chunk out of that. But like in Florence... Mm-hmm. It was the 1%, the 99%, like it is around the world today. (laughs) The the patricians were the 1%, the guilds were the 99%, and they wanted more political representation. So just like in Florence, there was always these wars going on, civil wars, between uh, the the guilds and Mm. the patricians fighting for political power, fighting for reductions of taxes. Guilds were like, listen, we're happy to pay taxes, but you're just spending it on hookers and coke, <laughs> and you're supposed to be investing it into infrastructure to make the city better. Right. Fuck you, we're not paying. And they go, well, fuck you, yes, you are. And then That's probably out. why the archbishop sold it in 1244. He's like, no, yeah, I'm, I'm sick of having to deal oh with this God. shit every couple of years. Fuck you guys. Yeah. Hey, little kid, come um, here. And then in 1411, when Johnny G was still a child, somewhere between 6 and 17, depending on when he was old, there was another clash between the guilds and the patricians. Uh, and this ended up with the guilds actually taking control of the city and the patricians all had to get the hell out of Dodge, including John's family. Right. So 117 patrician families left mines in 1411. Right. Scattered around the countryside. Yeah. Um, Freel against Fleisch, uh, Freddy Freddy Horse, (laughs) Freddy Horse horse Meat. Pretty horse meat. Uh, <laughs> probably took his family to uh, live in the mother's, his wife's right. country estate at a place called Eltville. Nice. So as you said, she she wasn't a patrician, but her family had a bit of money, and they right. had like a country of property. So they probably went to live there and waited for shit to calm down. But the guilds grew stronger, joined forces with each other, made greater demands, and insisted that the patricians return and start paying taxes themselves. Oh, snap. Uh, You know, the Pentagon Papers, not the Pentagon, the Panama Papers (laughs) came out about this time. (laughs) They found out that the patricians were hiding all of this money offshore. Yeah. um, Trillions of dollars offshore. The guilds also wanted to divorce uh, a voice on the city council. Right. They uh, wanted uh, a say in how the patricians were paid their annuity every year. 
So the Archbishop at the time who uh, stepped in, he, of course, as as with all the church at the time, was both the spiritual leader and the temporal political leader mm-hmm. of of the region. Even though he had sold his predecessor had sold off Mainz, um, you know, he was still the boss. Right. Um, I mean, he had a boss to the Holy Roman Emperor, but he was, you know, the underboss. He was right. the uh, he was the uh, Tony Soprano. Right. Of of the region, like you know, Mainz is uh, yeah. yeah New Jersey, right? But he still had to you know kick back up to um, oh yeah, uh, you know the, the you know the New York bosses. <laughs> um, fuck, I'm trying to remember the name of uh, oh god, who's the guy who runs New York and Sopranos? I, mm. Fucking loved him, Johnny. Uh, oh fucking. Oh no! <laughs> it's killing you. Right. It's killing you that you can't. New remember. York yeah. boss. Oh, it is. Uh, I'm getting. Uh, love, love this guy. Uh, John, Johnny, Johnny Sack. Right. John Sacramoni. Johnny did, Sack. Did you love the way he lost his life at the end? No, I didn't love no. any of that. I love Johnny Sack. Okay. Johnny Sack's Roll the greatest while. man. Okay. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I'm not trying to. And he loved it. The thing about Johnny is he loved his wife. That's true. Uh, oh, yeah, Johnny Sack died in prison, I think, of cancer in prison. So I don't know who you're thinking oh, of. Oh, no. The guy who took over. Thinking of someone else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Phil Leotardo took over, and he's the guy that probably killed Tony. But it was jo- Johnny Sack. He was a chain smoker, and he died in prison. But right. um, the thing about I love Johnny Sack, cold psychopath. <laughs> like, just, just cold. Kill anybody if they look at him the wrong way. But his big fat wife. Right. He loved. His Doesn't matter. Big yeah. fat, like everyone else has their gumas, their, yeah. their mistresses. Yeah. Not Johnny Sack. Not Johnny Sack. Love fucking loves the That's shit right. out of his like wife the Ginny. God, the Godfather, loyal to his wife. Yeah. 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 Totally loyal. Class loves act. his wife. Won't yeah. hear anybody. You know, uh, Joey Pantoliano, whatever his character was, Joey Pants's character is making fun, um, <laughs> telling jokes about uh, Johnny Sack's wife. Johnny Johnny wants him whacked. Telling oh jokes about his wife, because yeah. uh, you know, and she was massively that. obese, and right. you know, hiding candy in the house. But yeah, he loved her. It was great. Such a great character, Johnny Sack. <laughs> Fucking love Johnny Sack. Chrissy used to go nuts every time Johnny Sack would come on. I'd go, "Oh my god, I love Johnny Sack." She'd go, "I know." He eventually he'd come on. And she'd go, "I know you love Johnny Sack. You don't have to tell me." I go, "Oh, I love Johnny Sack. I love I just Johnny Sack." Told you not to tell me, but you told me anyway. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It must be exciting living with you. Yeah, it is. I tell you, never, never a dull moment. <laughs> so John, so the Archbishop was the underboss. Uh, uh, so anyway, he tried to bring unity back to the city, but the conflict. Uh, this one went on for years. Freela yeah. horse horse horsemeat, Freddie horsemeat, didn't uh, go back to mines until fourteen fourteen. So they were away for a good three years. Wow, uh, yeah. uh, which which is not good for business. If you're no. a cloth merchant and running a mint, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, yeah. and you're not there, what happens to those things for three years? Yeah, yeah, it's good that I you mean, got money. The guilds are still operating, but right. you, well, you've probably got a bit tucked away too. But yeah. um, still, maybe that's when his you know his porn career took off. <laughs> uh, Freddie horse, Freddie horse meat. Big porn star in the early 1400s in Germany. <laughs> or penthouse letters. Uh, yeah. Speaking of which, uh, the, do- the Deuce comes back on, I think, this week or next week. The- this week, I think. 
Uh, Dice, you watching the Dice? Uh, no, I've been meaning to check that out, but uh, yeah. Oh, such a good show. Last season, season four. Yeah, I heard about season that. Season four, I think it is. Yeah, last oh final season. It's gonna be great. Uh, well, yeah, I just wanted to say that they did they did go, but um, yeah, the disputes between the patricians and the guilds never really went away. Uh, it was peaceful enough to go back at this juncture, uh, but F- Freddie didn't go back to serving on the town council, but he did go back to his job at the Mint, and as you said before, this is probably where Johnny uh, mm. learns learns the, the, the basics of metallurgy um, for a while. Yeah, and I think that's interesting, So, because the, the idea that I had when I first started reading about this is, like, again, this guy was born in the right place at the right time, with the right family, with the right businesses going around uh, around him so he can learn all these skills. And so I thought it was interesting that like a lot of the Renaissance artists that we've covered so far, there's a lot we don't know about John's schooling. Um, basically, at the time, medieval German children would learn letters and numbers at home, which you, which is not very surprising. And if you were a child of an artisan, you would eventually be apprenticed to a trade. That was what you do. You learn the basics, and then you go on and you learn whatever skill you're going to do for the rest of your life. If you were the son of a rich guild merchant, you would go on to private town schools. Excuse me. <clears throat> You would go on to private town schools and you would focus on arithmetic and business skills so you could go on continuing the family business of fleecing the 99%. If you were the sons of a patrician, (laughs) you would further your education at grammar schools. And I imagine, Cam, you have something to say about this, so I'll stop soon. But basically, when these sons of patricians would go on, what they would learn is Latin grammar. Because as you can all imagine by now, I think we've covered this in detail, all over Europe... If you want, if you need, if you want to go into theology, law, medicine, philosophy, science, whatever, language, uh, Latin was the language that you had to learn. You had to learn how to read and write, and uh, all of that. Those subjects in Latin, so it became basically important for all those different fields. Now we don't know a lot about where John went to school, but no matter where he went, it doesn't matter because we have all the details that we need. We know that he learned from the number one book that practically everybody was learning from, the grammar book of Aelius Donatus, written more than a thousand years earlier. And that was basically the textbook for Latin. Um, I don't know if you want to take it from here, Cam, because you like to talk about Latin and all these different things. But this guy was uh, a Roman grammarian grammarian and a grammarian. (laughs) He was a pro-American. Isn't your wife a great... (laughs) <laughs> Your wife's a Grammarian. It's no, no, that's a Greek. Yeah, a Germanican. A Germanican. Yeah, yeah. She's a Germanican. No, but it, yeah, he, I'm sure he wrote all these books that you want to go to. But this is, I think, it's funny that this book is over a thousand years old, but it's still the book when it comes to learning Latin. Yeah, I wasn't going to talk a lot about that at this juncture. I wanted to talk about okay. his uh, his education, though. Um, as you said, we don't know. Here's the thing about Johnny G. We know literally fuck all about his life. Right. Um, up until you know the the latter ten or twenty years, and even then we don't know much. But a lot of a lot of his biography uh, has been pieced together. Uh, mm-hmm. Assumptions. So we're running with some assumptions here. Is probably right. most of the wealthy uh, children of, of the of the you know uh, landed gentry of the mines area around this time would have gone to the University of Erfurt. Uh, right. which is probably where Johnny went as well, probably around about 1418, something like that. 
And the university at the time was going through an interesting period. It had been founded in only 1379, so it wasn't that old. But remember, uh, we talked about the rebellion of Jan Hus mm-hmm. in an earlier episode. Jan Hus, who started saying to the Catholics, uh, the bishops and the cardinals and the popes, you know, maybe you don't need to be such cunts. Uh, right. Maybe, you know, you could actually st- stop stop living like uh, rich cunts <laughs> and, uh, right. you know, start, start thinking about, right. you, know, you know, yeah. <laughs> Start thinking about Jesus uh, and not just getting rich. And they were like, it's a great idea and burn him alive Um, at the uh, at the uh, the the thing. What was the thing where they burn him? Uh, The the Council of Constans in Germany. Yes, he was from he was from Prague and they uh, burned him alive in 1415 at the Council of Constans. Now. A number of his colleagues from the University of Prague apparently went to uh, Germany and ended up at the University of Erfurt, where they started introducing some of the new humanist teachings and philosophies, uh, the D-back school of thought they started to introduce there. That's where it became official. Um, But particularly, like, some of the thinking around... You know, maybe the maybe the church shouldn't be uh, so corrupt. Uh, right, now, 120 idea. years later, 120 years later, Martin Luther attended the University of Erfurt, uh, right. which he described Uh-oh. at the time as a beer house and a whorehouse. So, <laughs> sounds perfect to me. Uh, universities <laughs> haven't changed much by the sounds of it. Um, but th- th- this 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 thinking. That led to Martin Luther criticizing, nailing his um, 99 theses to the wall. Goes right back to Jan Hus's colleagues right. uh, moving to the University of Erfurt, started you know, questioning uh, where the Catholic Church was heading. And this is probably, they think, scholars think, where Johnny G went as a young man. Right. So surrounded by surrounded by these great debates that were going on about religion and the Bible, and you know there was still around about this time, people were still uh, questioning whether or not the Bible should be translated from Latin into the common languages. In this case, yeah. uh, German, so people could read it. In Italy, it was Italian. Uh, you know, people were like, "Are you crazy?" Yeah. We don't want people to be able to read fucking, this book in particular. Yeah. This is our power. If, if, they, if they can read the Bible, yeah, they're going to realize that it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> we're fucked. Are you crazy? <laughs> no. A, don't teach them to read ever. B, right. particularly don't let them read the Bible. Yeah. We, we keep it in ancient it in Latin, Latin for exactly. a reason, you dumb yeah. fuck. <laughs> My God. Or you Um Oh, there's no Jews. No, they weren't. No, they weren't Jews. They got rid of the Jews. Um, in 1419, uh-huh. have you have I sh- have you seen the uh, animation in my film? That's uh, when Peter and James met Paul, and I I do all the Jewish accents. Yes, yes, I I enjoy that You've very seen much. That? Okay. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> One of the highlights. I said that to if, Effie. If you will. Yeah, yeah, I thought so. I said that to Effie in uh, our Jewish uh, friend in New York, 
came to Europe with us, and I said, "Hey, listen, as my my token Jew friend, uh, <laughs> do, do you me. think uh, do you think do you think this, this is offensive?" And she was, yeah. and she said, "Well, no, but I'm an atheist, but I think it's hilarious. Um, let me <laughs> run it past one of my juju friends." And she came in. She said, "No, he thought it was great." So. I know I'm going to cop a lot of shit for that, though, but I'm going to cop a lot of shit for the whole film. It's all good. So it's all good. Um, In 1419, a year or so after he went to university, uh, his father died, Johnny G, this is, leaving a will, and so Johnny returned to Mines to figure out what he was going to get, uh, to take up his position uh, as a patrician of the city and, and to take over the family clothing business, but he hit a bit of a problem. Yeah. His blood wasn't the right kind of blood. Do you want to do that now or in the couldn't next make, episode? Couldn't couldn't make a flatbread out of it. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you couldn't be a you couldn't be a patrician. Yeah, yeah, okay. I guess we'll do it in the next episode. So uh next episode we'll talk about why Johnny didn't have the right blood. Yeah. And uh, uh, how he had to what leave Mons again and goes to Strasbourg, where a lot of the yeah. a lot of the cool work gets done secretly. Baby hands. I can't believe that. I like that. I'm set. Yeah, I just accept it. I'm not outraged. Let me look here. I've learned my lesson. (laughs) Bag up. Bag up. It's the golden rule. He who has the gold or the guns makes the rules. I'm impressed. (laughs) I have no fucking idea. Mm Don't have to.